head right in to the Marin Housing Authority Board meeting. Uh, we did, and I'm going to welcome Commissioner Hall up here. And uh, let's get the name cards for him and Commissioner Canson. Yeah, it's pretty darn it. So what I'm thinking is, yes, um, All right, good afternoon, everyone. I am going to convene us now as the Marin County Housing Authority Board of Commissioners. 
Uh, we did not have a closed session today, so there is no closed session. Uh, we will continue now with the approval of the minutes from November 28, 2023. Is there someone who would move the minutes? Or I'll move approval of the minutes. I'll second. Okay, we have a motion by Luke and a second by Canson. Is there any public comment on the minutes? Not seeing anyone in the chambers. And I see one hand. Uh, Beverly, I know your issue is with pickleball, so I'm going to hold on that. We'll get to public comment on other items in a moment. Uh, so we have a motion by Luke and a second by Canson. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Okay. Board of Commissioners, any reports? Mr. Hall. Uh, yes. Uh, first of all, I'd like to uh, give great thanks to the Main Street Moms from uh, Point Reyes. I, I, they invited me out, and I had a marvelous time uh, for a small group with a powerful Just thank you for inviting me out and, and listening. And uh, would like you maybe come out again if you would feel the need to invite me. Thank you. Oh, and one last thing. Uh, I just, I was, uh, as a commissioner, I was watching some of the bills and uh, that have been passed that will be coming into effect. There's a change in uh, a housing bill ordinance. Uh, the bill is uh, 1418, and it deals with, uh, uh, it forbids the counties and cities from uh, establishing a uh, nuisance ordinance that involves, uh, that involves anyone, someone, family member of a tenant with engaging with law enforcement or some a family member who has a criminal conviction that, you know, there's a, they're forbidding the eviction because, and I'm just watching this because I don't know how that intercedes with federal law, too, you know, if it affects, how it affects public housing. But thank you very much, and thank you, ladies. Thank you. Any other board comments? I'm not seeing any on my right, so we will go to the general manager's report. Excuse me, executive director report. Good afternoon, Kimberly. Good afternoon, uh, Board of Commissioners. I have one, um, uh, Renee Giacomini for um, Assistant County Council. There's one agenda change. 13I will be taken off um, this agenda and will be re-noticed um, at a later meeting. With respect to item 13D, um, Kimberly Carroll, the Executive Director, will be referencing the staff report um, that is agendized and has been agendized under that item. Um, there were other attachments that are now reflected on the amended online version for people to review, the public to review, and the Board of Commissioners. However, while they were agendized previously, they were posted under other agendized items. So for today's meeting, the Executive Director will only be referencing the staff report, which is under 13D. But Renee, is she able to call out the attachments, many of which we have seen before in other sessions? Absolutely. They were properly agendized just for ease to 
for people's confusion, we want to make sure, because things now have been moved around to reflect all of those attachments, we don't want there to be confusion by the public. So that staff report has been there always. We want to refer to that. While all the other items were properly agendized, not under 13D, so we want to make sure that the public knows what, what we're talking about under this item. Okay, all right, and thank you for that. Okay, good afternoon, commissioners. It's nice to see you today. Um, I have a very brief, I'm gonna keep my director's report very brief today because we have a full meeting and an exciting meeting. And so really what I wanna do today is I wanna have Nick Zoe just stand up or come over. Um, Nick has been my partner for the last two years as I've been the executive director and he has been with the Marin Housing Authority for 10 years. Started out actually as an intern with the Marin Housing Authority, then turned, became an accountant and an accounting manager, became our CFO, and has really, like I said, I have really relied heavily on Nick and his steadiness and his calmness over these last two years as the executive and then as his colleague prior to that. So um, he has decided that he, with a sad heart, but well, a mixed, mis mixed emotions, um, that he's going to resign from the Marin Housing Authority and take a job with uh, First Five Alameda County as their, in their finance CFO department. And so I'm really happy for them, really sad for Marin Housing. And so I just wanted to acknowledge and tell him how grateful I am for his service at the Marin Housing Authority for the last 10 years. So. Well, uh, thank you and good afternoon, commissioners. And uh, I, I just want to express my appreciation to um, for sure Kimberly and previously Louis for trusting me and, and gave me the opportunity. And, uh, and also my, my colleague, you know, in the management team who, you know, support me and also my, my you know, accounting team, solid team. I can't, um, um, I'm nothing without them. Uh, so thank you, everyone. Thank you very much, Nick, for all your work. Yeah, really. Please, Sarah. Uh, a member of the Finance Subcommittee, I want to thank you for all your hard work and all your time and dedication um, preparing these budgets and uh, helping us to understand them, and myself personally. And I wish you best of luck on your future endeavors. Thank you so much. And that concludes my director's report for today. Any questions there? Not seeing any. Is there any public comment on the director's report? Not seeing any in the chambers. Um, and, um, Beverly, I'm going to ask you to hold just, just a little longer for general public comment. Okay, we're going to move now to um, item number 13D. Um, this is our item that we've, what we've um, all been waiting for for a long time, actually. And uh, what we, what we're, this item is we want to enter into negotiation with our selected development partner to revitalize Golden Gate Village. Um, we're, we're asking for the action to authorize the, the, uh, the executive director to enter into negotiations with Burbank Housing to, in pursuant to our RFQ 2023-2001. Um, as a co-developer and partner for the preservation and recapitalization of Golden Gate Village. And so um, I, the, 
the adoptive plan, so I wanted to start with, I, I am very excited to be here today with this topic. Um, the adoptive plan to redevelop and preserve Golden Gate Village reflects the shared goals of Marin Housing Authority, the Golden Gate Village Resident Council, and the Board of Commissioners. And I'm honored to have been part of this process as the executive director for the last two years and am pleased to be at this point today to be able to recommend Burbank Housing as Marin Housing's development partner for the redevelopment of Golden Gate Village. Over the past two years, Marin Housing has focused on moving forward with a plan to revitalize Golden Gate Village. Two prior actions by your board of commissioners are relevant to this recommended action. The first one, on March 22, uh, 2022, the Board of Commissioners adopted the rehabilitation as our preferred option for revitalization. And then last November, on the 15th of 2022, your board accepted the GGV redevelopment plan. This plan established specific goals and objectives for preserving the existing buildings, preserving affordability for GGV residents, and fostering an increased sense of community. The GGV redevelopment plan further defines utilizing a developer partner as the means to implement this redevelopment. And then as background for GGV, um, as background, Golden Gate Village is a traditional public housing property owned and managed by the Marin Housing Authority. Like many public housing properties, Golden Gate Village needs to be preserved as affordable rental housing and recapitalized to address the physical needs MHA's board previously ad adopted the GGV redevelopment plan and established policy to address the physical, financial, and social needs of Golden Gate Village. The Golden Gate Village redevelopment plan utilized the guiding principles to inform our approach and specific goals to form bo board policy for redevelopment of GGV and provide the basis for selecting a developer partner. The Golden Gate Village redevelopment guiding principles and goals taken together envision a physical redevelopment that utilizes green or climate resilient technologies, preserves the historic character of the buildings and grounds, and makes vital repairs and capital improvements while preserving Golden Gate Village as affordable rental housing for current and future residents. And as a recap, the, the, goal, the guiding principles that we were all led by, I'm gonna just go over those again. Um, we adopted these many years ago with the resident council, and um, they are to protect existing Golden Gate Village residents and, and, and households, restore Golden Gate Village economic sustainability, assure resident participation through the planning and revitalization process, preserve historic Marinship heritage, promote high quality open space, collaborate with the Marin County community to expand economic development and job training education opportunities for GGV residents. And the, goal, the goals of the redevelopment are to preserve Golden Gate Village as affordable rental for the current and future residents, to protect residents' rights, strengthen and expand affordable housing as a social safety network net, and the, and the third goal is to create economic opportunities for Golden Gate Village residents. The plan the board approved included an approach to implementation best suited to preserve affordability leverage and, and leverage additional capital. We're gonna use the Section 18 disposition, which will allow Golden Gate Village to transition from public housing to the Section 8 project-based platform. 
um, low-income housing tax credits and historic rehabilitation tax credits will generate significant capital needed for the re rehabilitation. This approach establishes a foundation for, following, uh, for allowing for creativity and access to other available federal, state, local, and private resources. This approach encourages leveraging of other available resources and ensures the long-term aff affordability. In addition to our work on the, on the redevelopment, Marin Housing has been working with the residents of Golden Gate Village on several important fronts. A contract with the GGVRC for block captains, laundry room monitors, and administrative support, investment in building the capacity of the Golden Gate Village Resident Council and building community at GGV, that's a training that we're planning for, for February and we've done some other trainings. Hired Women Helping All People to perform landscape services at Golden Gate Village. And launching the Resident Empowerment Fund, which invests in investment and support for the county, uh, with support from the county and MCF. We are taking real steps to redevelop Golden Gate Village, create opportunities for residents, and to build relationships in the community. We are well positioned to continue this work with our new partner, Burbank Housing. There's a lot of work yet ahead of us. For example, we know we need to address the right size housing situation at Golden Gate Village. However, I want to say today no one, will, no one will need to be permanently moved out of Golden Gate Village as it relates to any of the overhousing situation. So we, and we are continuing to work on that housing policy with HUD and we will find that solution. Um, and I now want to turn the, the mic over to, to Mike <laughs> um, to talk about the, um, the process and the, uh, of, of the redevelopment selection. Thank you, Kimberly. Uh, <clears throat> for the record, my name is Mike Andrews. I'm with Structure Development Advisors, and we're a development and consulting firm that's been helping the housing authority through this process. Um, I'll take a couple of minutes pick up where Kimberly left off and talk a little bit about the process that was used to select Burbank Housing and then turn it back over to Kimberly to allow her to introduce um, two folks who are here from Burbank Housing. Um, so following the board's action in November of 2022 where you set the guiding, reset the guiding principles, established goals and provide a direction on an implementation approach, um, the Housing Authority set out to create an RFQ that would be used to select a developer partner. Um, that RFQ used the redevelopment framework that was passed in November as the basis for selecting a partner. Ostensibly, the RFQ said, we're looking for a partner to help us do what we recently said was important to us at Golden Gate Village, and reiterated those principles, those goals, those objectives, and defined the approach. An RFQ was drafted and uh, was shared with the resident council, and um, the final RFQ that was published reflected um, the, the um, agreements that the Housing Authority and the Resident Council made uh, around what that RFQ should say, um, the criteria for points, the criteria for selection, uh, and how the, the narrative was, was, dis was presented to the community, uh, the development community, so that, that it was clear that it reflected um, a common voice between the, the Housing Authority and the residents. Um, once the RFQ was set, the Housing Authority um, took steps to make it available to the affordable housing development community in California, locally, and nationally. So a lot of effort was put into publicizing this opportunity. Uh, a variety of different websites were used that affordable housing developers will frequent. Um, local media was used. 
uh, direct communication with the development community um, was used to push this opportunity out uh, so that everyone was aware, who we thought would be interested in this, that there was a great opportunity here in Marin to partner with the Housing Authority to redevelop this property. So the RFQ was then released, uh, and then uh, five proposals were received. Um, while the RFP, uh, P, uh, pardon me, RFQ was out, the Housing Authority took steps to create an evaluation committee. That evaluation committee reflected um, residents, or was made up of residents of Golden Gate Village, local stakeholders, and then other affordable housing uh, professionals in the Bay Area who have experience in Marin, who have experience with affordable housing development. Um, originally, that group was nine, due to some circumstances that were unique to each of the, some of the individual members of that committee. The decision was made for them not to continue. Um, they were unable to continue. The evaluation committee made uh, agree that, given their circumstances, that the group would continue forward as a seven-member group. We then took steps to make sure this group could understood its role and tried to develop a little bit of um, relationship with each other. Uh, we had an orientation for the members of the committee on site before we received proposals uh, for them to meet each other, to walk the grounds, um, to talk with each other about what they're bringing to this, ex to this experience. Uh, for them to ask questions about how this process is going to work. Um, and then we received the proposals. Once the proposals were received, they were shared with the members of the committee. Uh, we also took steps to provide some assistance to members of the evaluation committee who might not be as familiar with some of the specifics to make sure they understood what is it they were looking at and how does this work. And so we provided some assistance so that to anyone who wanted it, um, either in a group setting or through Zoom calls, to walk through proposals, to explain different things that they were reading so that they felt like they were understanding what they were reading so that they could adequately evaluate the proposals in front of them. The committees then met um, on, on several occasions, including having interviews with four of the respondents who were deemed to be uh, in a competitive range. So four of those five were invited for interviews over a two-day period. Um, the evaluation committee then came back together and met following those interviews. Um, and discussed what each of them brought to the table. Um, I think it's, it, there were four very interesting um, proposals. They each brought something a little bit different. Um, you could see great projects that were completed by each of these four proposers or teams, um, but the selection committee narrowed in on Burbank housing. Um, at the end of all of that evaluation, at the end of all of their questions um, and deliberation, the Selection Committee unanimously selected Burbank Housing as the preferred team. Um, that recommendation was then passed on to uh, Kimberly as the Executive Director per the terms of the RFQ. Kimberly received that proposal and passed it on to the Golden Gate Village Redevelopment Subcommittee who met um, last week. Um, the committee accepted that recommendation uh, from the, your Executive Director and the committee then asked the, the Executive Director to bring that recommendation to this meeting on their behalf for your consideration. Um, so that's a high-level overview of the work that was done to um, pick up where you uh, left off in November, reaffirming the redevelopment plan for Golden Gate Village and instructing the Housing Authority to find a developer partner who was capable to help implement that plan. And so we're, we're here today uh, with them uh, to introduce them and, and ask for your recommendation. I'll turn it back to Kimberly, who can introduce the two folks who are here from Burbank, and um, thank you. 
And, and before I introduce Burbank, I, I want to just I want to acknowledge that uh, three of the seven evaluation committee members are here. So if you can maybe stand, um, Capri Price was on our evaluation committee, Royce McLemore, and Mary Morgan, and Mary Morgan. Oh, and, and Adrian, sorry, Adrian Torley. So four out of the seven. Um, and they spent uh, many, many hours, lots of great conversations um, working together to do this really important work for, for us and for the 700 people who call Golden Gate Village home. Great. Thank you for your work, committee, and thank you for coming today, too. Thank you. Um, and with that, I do, um, I am pleased to turn it over to Larry Florin and um, Jocelyn Lynn from Burbank Housing. Does that work? Oh, great. Good, evening, good afternoon, I guess. Uh, Larry Florin, I'm the CEO and President of Burbank Housing. It's our honor to be here and to be selected to work with the community on the redevelopment on this important project. Um, we're very excited. We're excited to get started, but we're also excited to learn more about uh, from all of the members of the community, um, from the Board of Commissioners, as well as from the staff. But overall, we're just very excited to be here and to be have been selected and to be ready to move forward. I'm Jocelyn Lynn, who's with me as our Director of Development. I don't know if you want to say anything. Sure. Hi, I'm Jocelyn Lynn, Director of Housing Development for Burbank Housing. Um, first, I'd like to thank the Selection Committee and the Housing Authority for selecting us as the development partner. We're very excited for this opportunity. Um, a little bit of background about Burbank Housing. We're a nonprofit affordable housing organization based in Santa Rosa, and we have a large presence here in the North Bay. So we're very excited to you know, have a project here in uh, Marin County, which is you know, right next door to where we are. Um, you know, we have a lot of experience in preserving affordable housing. Um, we've worked on a lot of rehabilitations, um, securing tax credit financing, um, and also undertaking the community engagement process. And that's that's something that you know we find very important and is um, you know really excites us about this opportunity. Our team is looking forward to getting to know the community of Golden Gate Village. Um, we are very excited to reach out to the residents um, to hear their thoughts and ideas and their vision for what they want the community to look like. Um, we plan to do an extensive um, engagement process and we are just looking forward to working collaboratively and working together to um, make this project a reality. So thank you so much for your support. That, that, that concludes this item for us. I'm going to ask if there's questions from the board of directors. Okay. All right, I don't see questions. Uh, we'll open then to public comment on this item. Is there anyone here today or maybe members of the evaluation committee who'd like to comment at all? Okay. Good afternoon, my name is Joyce McLemore, and I am a resident and president of the Golden Gate Village Resident Council. First, I would like to uh, sidebar, thank um, the housing authorities for the opportunities, again, to show that residents have ability, abilities to do many, many things. So we were able to get higher staff and we're uh, working forward in the development of some of our programs that were taken from us over what, since years ago. Um, 
So with that being said, uh, I do want to say uh, I have, yes, I still have an issue. And the issue is as it relates to the right size housing policy. That's one thing that um, also as it relates to the housing authority not, and I express this to our committee, not having any type of innovation as a housing authority. Your staff here does not have like an architect or developer. You do have Aaron, but they have him uh, looking for lights, underground wires, instead of something as important as this. <clears throat> and then when uh, I told this to Mike, you, you have no plan, he said, yes, we do. I said, I'd like a copy of it. Uh, he, then he changed from talking about plan to a framework. There has to be more than, than that. Um, also, as it relates to innovation, the Housing Authority has not displayed any, really, any innovation. And that's what I shared with the group again, in terms of reaching out, finding money, seeking other uh, monies that could be that they could bring to the table instead of looking for uh, Burbank to do everything for them. I know I have to go, but um, but there is still uh, Kimberly a claim that Marin Housing will revise the administrative plan, the project based uh, chapter, to be consistent with the ACOP occupancy standards for the public housing units converting to uh, project-based vouchers. That is going to be the stickler because uh, I did a little count in terms of how many residents that are properly housed right now, once they leave and come back to a different platform, they would be overhoused. And yes. then that overhouse. Thank you, Royce. Yes. We're and as I will go to my seat, when it, with the overhouse, then that's going to open up another can of worms. I think we have ways to address that, and I'll bring that back to our general, our executive director in just a moment. Uh, if there's no further comments in the chamber, oh, hi, Mary, please. Um, I just want to um, express my appreciation for Capri Price and for Royce McLemore for the uh, pointed questions they asked of every pr developer that we interviewed, and particularly Capri, who kind of came in in the middle and really had to play catch up. She was very astute and is a true guardian of the uh, grounds and landscape of Golden Gate Village. So uh, I think that we would not have come to have a unanimous agreement without the really solid participation of both Royce and Capri. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, if there's no more comments in the chambers, we have two hands online. First speaker is um, Beverly, please unmute. So we're just talking about the development. Uh, we and are. I just would like to say um, thank you to Royce and all those who were involved, but um, I'm very pleased that Burbank is working with the Housing Authority on the redevelopment, and I'm just knowing that um, it's going to turn out 
um, as best as possible, taking into consideration all those things that Royce was just talking about, the voucher stuff. Thank you so much. Thank you. The next speaker is Johnson Reynolds. Please let me in. Yes, uh, Johnson Reynolds, I've been a resident of Marin County for some time. I've not spent a lot of time in Marin City except for celebrations there, uh, for attending celebrations, but I'm very supportive of Royce McLemore and her perspective. She's representing the residents of Golden Gate Village. Hopefully others residents of Golden Village were part of the evaluation team. And I do support what uh, Royce McLemore just talked about that she'll work with Burbank uh, developers uh, that will make it uh, right for the residents of Golden Gate Village. Uh, right sizing, over oversizing, things like that that will have to be talked about between Burbank and residents of Golden Village, particularly Matt Royce McLemore. That does continue to have that dialogue, that conversation between Burbank and the residents of Golden Village, Golden Gate Village, particularly Royce McLemore, as we continue. Thank you. The next speaker is Barbara. Please unmute. Hi, Barbara Bogard, <clears throat> Mill Valley. Um, we're very pleased to see things moving forward. But I just want to make clear, make sure that the issue that Royce raised about changes in minimum household size will be addressed immediately, um, given the number of people who could be negatively impacted by it. Um, as was explained, the minimum number of persons per household you must have to live in both three and four bedroom units goes up when the property is converted from public housing to project-based vouchers. I don't think the residents of Golden Gate Village realized this would be the result of the re revitalization. And it re if, if it's not resolved in a way that doesn't punish residents, it certainly seems to violate your commitment to no permanent displacement. So I hope we can hear what the resolution of that is gonna be soon. Thank you. Peters, there are no additional speakers in the queue. Okay, we'll bring it back. I think we can give some general information about this uh, overhousing issue, but we don't have all the details. So if we could just get a high level, what the approach is gonna be to resolve it. I think we have a couple of options, I understand. Uh, yes, uh, Mike Andrews and I have been working on this, and so I'm going to, we, we, I want to say there will be no displacement of anybody who's living in Golden Gate Village due to overhousing. That we know. And then I'm going to let Mike just speak a little bit about sort of some, a little bit more of the high-level detail. Uh, thank you. Um, so this can be... Um, an overly nuanced issue. And so maybe just to frame it quickly and then uh, discuss what we've been working on as recently as the, this morning on a call that Kimberly and I had with HUD. Uh, so there's, there's two situations related to overhousing that exist right now at Golden Gate Village. One is that there are households who live at Golden Gate Village who are today um, in a unit that is too large for their household size. And that's been a situation for a while and the Housing Authority's been working on that. And that number started 
uh, at about 80 households, and it's worked its way down to about 30 today. So those families are in, it in, a, are in the wrong size unit. They are overhoused. So that's, that's one side of the situation that's being addressed. The other side is exactly as Royce had mentioned it and as Barbara Bogart had mentioned it. There's a different occupancy standard between public housing and, and the Housing Choice Voucher Program that would result in folks for no change in their household size being in a wrong size unit simply because the subsidy platform changed. There are ways, that, this is not a Marin, this is not a, a situation unique to Marin. Um, anytime a public housing property switches from public housing to Section 8 and there's a difference in occupancy standard, this situation exists. There are ways to address it. And what is known today is that it does not have to be addressed by someone leaving Golden Gate Village. So the solution is not that you leave Golden Gate Village because there isn't a place for you. Um, the, there are, there's a couple of paths that are being worked on with HUD. We spoke with folks in the local office today about them. We want to make sure that we understand them as HUD does. We've asked them to give us some more citations. We're waiting to get those. And we plan on coming back with each of these clearly laid out so everyone can understand what are these paths. Um, but as, as Barbara had put it, we are very aware not to have this problem that is created for no, um, by no action of a resident. Uh, simply, you know, we've been referring to it as kind of a paperwork change. Um, no change in household composition that the resident not be impacted. Um, so we, we, Royce has asked that this be documented. Uh, so we're looking to be clear about what the options are so there's no misunderstandings and then bring that back so everyone can understand what is the situation, what is the solution. So we don't have that written up today, but it is something that's being actively worked on. And we understand the urgency because it does, we understand it creates a, um, uh, some anxiety or a cloud um, that, that people wanna have resolved and, and that is understood. Great, thank you very much. And Beverly, just a follow, uh, excuse me, Beverly, Kimberly, uh, follow-up question to you is, w will you be coming back to us in the new year with a more going forward plan of what we can expect after the developer partner has been awarded the contract? Yes, that would, we're, we would be actively negotiating over the last next few months or, and, and then we will be bringing back something to the board to approve. And, and um, can I, real quick, I, um, we will also, as Mike was saying, you know, as we're talking with, with HUD and working out the overhousing policy, we'll be working closely with the resident council on on that as well, and then that'll be part of our our report out to to the board. Yes, Sarah. Yeah. So, right. So, thank you, Kimberly, for that. Because what I'm hearing you say is this is something that we will work out and we will work out so that residents will not be impacted by this housing policy one way or the other. Okay, well, that's yes. the bottom line on that. Okay, Katie? Well, I think this is a really exciting moment. Um, and congratulations to Kimberly and to all the folks who are part of the selection team and drawing up the RFQ and all that. This is um, really a wonderful place to be um, at this moment and moving forward, and I'm um, glad to have, I know I know of Burbank Housing, I know of some of your projects, and um, really I'm pleased that uh, you are gonna be partnering with us on this project. And I'll, mo I'll move the item. Second. Okay, we have a motion by Rice and a second by Lucan to authorize the executive director to enter into negotiations with Burbank Housing pursuant to the RFP 
for the co-developer and partner for the preservation and recapitalization of Golden Gate Village. Okay, all in favor? Aye. All right, that motion carries. Thank you very much to everyone. Congratulations. We'll move now to a item number 13E. This is a request to approve the 2024 consolidated budget for the Marin Housing Authority. And I'd like to say that this was, uh, this budget has been reviewed by our finance committee, subcommittee, uh, which is uh, Commissioner Rice and Commissioner Rodoni. And that's coming, and one more, and Commissioner Canson. There we go. Sorry, Sarah. So here we are. And uh, gosh, Nick, maybe this is your last official piece of business for us. Welcome. Thank you, and good afternoon, commissioners. I have a presentation uh, here we're sharing on the screen. Uh, but uh, uh, like, like uh, you know, Commissioner Martin Peter has said, we have brought this to uh, the, f uh, the finance uh, subcommittee. We have uh, went over the, the budget. Uh, the highlights and uh, some detail, uh, you know, uh, budget financial report. Um, but uh, overall, there's no major uh, structural changes uh, from the financial perspective. Uh, HCV and uh, uh, or housing choice voucher and the public housing program remain to be the biggest um, program that we have, housing authority and MISTERD, along with the supportive housing uh, home ownership programs. Um, uh, federal government, state, and the county continue to provide funding for, uh, you know, the, all the services that uh, Marin Housing provide. Um, so on this, uh, the first um, um, page of the presentation here, we show that uh, uh, Marin Housing for 2024 budget year is projected to have uh, 90, uh, 92.7 million uh, in their revenue. And this is an increase by 2.8 uh, million in comparison to last budget year. Out of this 2.8 million, 2.14 million of this increase is due to the higher uh, HAP funding that's available from HUD to the housing uh, HCV program. I just want to clarify what HAP is for those uh, you know, um, folks who are not as familiar with the housing program. HAP is, uh, is, uh, stands for Housing Assistance Payment. It is uh, 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 funding that we receive from the federal government. Uh, then we pass on to the uh, housing choice voucher uh, landlords who are participating in the, in the program. So it is really a pass-through funding. I just wanna you know, clarify that. Um, can we move on to uh, page two? Thank you. Uh, out of the total operating revenue of uh, 92.7 million, the majority or 73.3 million is, is for HAP revenue to cover the HAP expenditures in both HCV and the supportive housing program. And uh, 19.3 um, million or the remainder will be uh, the administration revenue. Next page, please. On the expense side, the total budgeted expense for the year is again uh, 91.7 million, which is about 2.7 million higher than last budget year. Um, and the majority of this, or 1.8 million of the increase, is due to the higher HAP expense. 
um, utility rates increase and uh, uh, material cost increase are um, you know the uh, some major increases in the remainder of the financial um, between the two fi uh, fiscal years. Next page, please. This page is talking about uh, payroll uh, expense. As we know, payroll is is always the biggest expense item in any agency or or company. For fiscal year 2024, we are uh, budgeting for 57 uh, employees, and this is including both full-time and part-time positions, uh, and also this includes some you know extra hired positions. So out of this 57. Uh, 49 uh, are permanent employees, and eight of them are extra hire employees. Total salary and benefit budgeted for the whole year is about 6.5 million. Uh, this is again before uh, factoring in the pension cost. Uh, in average, uh, each employee is is uh, the the labor cost is around 114 thousand. Uh, so about uh, 63 uh, 63 percent of the the cost uh, uh, will be paid uh, will be used to pay for salary and 23 percent of the uh, the cost will be for benefit and 14 percent of the, the overall cost will be pension that's just some you know simple breakdown of uh, where the cost is uh, next page please here we're looking at uh, housing assistant payment expense. Uh, as we know, this is the majority of uh, the expense. Uh, 2024 budget year, the HAP expense is about 73.7 million, which is 2.5 million higher than last year. As we can see from the chart, uh, we're seeing a you know uh, increasing trending uh, since 2020. And as we expected, you know, as rent increase, uh, rental subsidy will increase, and therefore the HAP expense will will increase, you know, as a result. And this increase will be absorbed or or offset by the corresponding higher HAP revenue that we receive from HUD. And the actual uh, uh, actual HAP expense will be um, adjusted along the way as we uh, learn more about our funding and the, the funding levels. Um, and the, the, the number or the projection was done using a tool that's developed by HUD. It's, it's, it's called two-year two. Uh, HUD developed this tool for the housing authority to manage their HAP funding uh, just so that uh, the PHAs can monitor their spending level their their voucher uh, uh, utilization um, is a you know we we use this tool to to project the the 2024 HAP expenditures. Uh, next page, please. Well, here are some uh, important uh, information and numbers um, that I want to point out. Uh, number one is uh, two two thousand three hundred ninety two units are projected to be leased mm -hmm. out. Uh, on a monthly basis in 2024 in the HCV or Housing Choice Voucher Program. Uh, again, leasing will be adjusted based on the funding level that we will learn more during the year. Uh, and this, this number 
is again uh, projected using that tool that I just mentioned earlier. Um, Ninety-nine uh, percent of the occupancy is projected for the public housing uh, program for 2024. HCV admin fee from HUD is budgeted at 90% eligibility. And here, uh, I want to just provide a little bit of clarification about what eligibility is uh, and uh, how funding, um, how the funding works uh, for the HUD program. So we know that uh, HUD or the federal government is collecting uh, information from all the housing authorities all over the country uh, uh, in, in regards to how much funding that they would need to fund to administer their program. And they will gather this information, they will review and calculate the total funding request from the whole country, from all the housing authorities. This is one information they have. On the other hand, they will look at how much funding they have from, uh, from the Congress, uh, you know, through appropriation process. They'll compare the two funding. Uh, if they have, uh, if they don't have enough funding to cover the funding request, what they will do is they will say, uh, they will uh, prorate the funding request. For example, if you are requesting $100 and they can only give you $90, they would do a percentage, uh, uh, like a proration factor of 90%. And this is across the board for all the housing authority in, in, the, in the whole country. Everybody will get a 90% proration. Um, and this applies for both uh, housing choice voucher and the public housing program. Um, for this, for, uh, for, for the fiscal year of 2024, the HCV admin fee is budgeted at 90%, and this is uh, in line with um, the historical uh, information, the trending uh, that, that we that we have. Uh, is is uh, we are here for the HCV program. We are being conservative about the funding level, as you can see uh, at the bottom of the chart. Uh, that we're uh, using the historical trend to project the 2024 uh, proration level. And for public housing uh, program, here I'm showing that we're projected at a 100% um, eligibility. And I want to, I want to you know, uh, pause here for one second uh, because um, as we wrap up the, the budget and prepare all the documents and send it to the board, we have um, uh, uh, learned about some new information that's released from HUD uh, in regards to 2023 uh, proration rate. I know that we're talking about 2024, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm saying that we, we, just, we just learned that 2023, uh, this sounds a little, little, you know, um, abnormal, but it is actually how the funding works for those HUD program, because uh, our federal government, their year end is uh, September 30th, so the, it, it will only be after September 30th they can start working on their budget, and uh, because everything that's happening at the Congress level, it took longer this for this year for them to be able to provide uh, the proration rate 
or to decide their overall funding level, and then therefore the proration to um, uh, the, the funding request. We only learned this uh, rate for 2023 um, like uh, one week ago, and the, the proration for 2023 is 93%. We can look at the the, char the chart at the uh, bottom right corner. Um, that shows that the rate has dropped from 104% in 2022 to 93% in 2023. It is a it is a big drop. It's uh, it's a it's the biggest uh, decrease, I think, si since 90 or uh, sorry uh, 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 2018. Uh, I think it's the biggest drop in terms of decrease uh, in the past 10 years. Uh, so even though I'm, uh, uh, I'm, what's in the budget that I'm presenting today is still at 100% eligibility. And that's only because for the time being, we didn't have time to, uh, to work on uh, the budget based on the new information. And what the team has decided after we Kimberly and I, and uh, we discussed with the team. What we're going to do is we're uh, we're gonna we're gonna be working on a budget uh, modification uh, as we learn more about the funding level uh, and and the expenditure uh, um, projections. Uh, we'll come back with a budget modification sometime uh, next year, early um, uh, like a quarter one, uh, and. Uh, by then, we should have a um, more accurate picture of where the the budget is, where the you know the, the agency is financially speaking. So that's just a little you know uh, information about the eligibility, about the funding uh, mechanism, and the timelines. Um, so we can go to the next page, please. Um, capital expenditure. So we have two. Uh, two sections, separate section here. For the quad property, we have budgeted 240,000 for capital expenditures. I just wanna uh, make, make uh, uh, one clarification. Quad property includes all uh, four, includes four properties. We have Sundance, uh, Bradley House, Espel Cook, and Fairfax. Out of those four properties, uh, two of them are Owned uh, by a, a uh, nonprofit uh, corporation, which uh, we MHA member are part of the the board of the director, but is is governed by a separate board. Um, so, but just for the presentation purposes, to give you a full picture, I uh, included in this presentation. And separately, for public housing program, one hundred sixty six thousand. Uh, is budgeted for uh, the MHA management improvement. 914,000 is budgeted for capital improvement for all six properties under the uh, public housing program. And this is funded by the capital fund uh, grant that we receive from the HUD. We receive um, uh, a capital fund grant each year from, uh, from HUD and we have a separate budget process. Uh, there's a five-year plan, an annual plan created for each uh, capital fund, 
and uh, we work with HUD, HUD will review and approve this capital fund. So the detail for those uh, in the five-year plan, uh, but during this, this, um, this budget process, we're just making this fund uh, you know, available for the housing authority to spend for the capital improvement. Um, that concludes my uh, presentation of the budget for 2024 uh, fiscal year. I'm here for any question that you may have. Thank you, Nick. That is by far the most thorough budget presentation this board has ever received. <laughs> Are there any questions? Okay, not seeing any thanks to our subcommittee, Director Kansen and all. And we'll open it up for public comment. Thank you. You can consider me the, uh, the ghost of meetings earlier today. <laughs> um, I wanted to point out that this morning you saw a large number of young people um, come in and one of their issues was budgetary. They, they left school and uh, they came in to ask for a ceasefire resolution and one of the issues they brought forward was millions of dollars that Marin County sends to Israel every year and that money is now being used to uh, conduct a genocidal bombing campaign. The kids were outside the, in the ante room um, for some time after the meeting and they were discussing how best to move forward in a world that rewards the military and the police in far greater uh, amounts than it ever cares for its own people. I note that Jimmy Sanders is not here today. He died uh, in July unhoused in this county. Many of the people I met in the internment camp under the freeway in San Rafael that Mary Sackett's predecessor uh, put together with Mike uh, Senator Mike McGuire. Many of those people actually came from Marin City. I was, I was surprised and I was disappointed. So as we move forward, I hope we can uh, think a little more holistically about what path this country is, is, is on. Um, we have, uh, we have um, endangered our own country by not asking for a ceasefire, and at the same time, you look at $14 billion additional money going to Israel for this bombing campaign, um, and that's money that should be feeding people in this country. It should be housing people in this country, and no one should be considered overhoused when people on the Board of Supervisors live in five-bedroom houses. That's just, it's not right. Thank you. Is there anyone else in the chambers who'd like to speak? I'm not seeing anyone. Is there anyone online who'd like to speak on this topic? Professor Moulton-Peters, there are no speakers in the queue. All right, members of the Finance Committee, would you? I'd be glad to make a motion and just to make a comment, thank you, Nick, for putting this together. It's a really complicated budget with a lot of facets, but you put it together so we could explain it here today and understand it here today. Thank you. Um, I do think it talks a little bit to us about the importance of the Rent Housing Authority and the number of people that they serve. Because I look at this as the Section 8 program, HAP program, serving 3,000 families, basically. And that's significant. We spend a lot of time talking about Golden Gate Village, but I want to emphasize that this organization serves a lot of people throughout the county, and, and thank you for that. 
And I will second and echo or ditto Commissioner Rodoni's comments and also thank you, Nick, for your work. Okay, with that, we have a motion, uh, Rodoni, a second by Rice to adopt a resolution approving the 2024 fiscal year budget for Marin <laughs> Housing Authority. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Thank you again, Nick. All right. Uh, The, the next one is um, the tenant's receivable write-offs to remove an of or damage, obsolete or damaged inventory. And I'm gonna have Nick speak to that as well. Um, th this item is to uh, request uh, approval for public housing program tenant receive accounts receivable write-off. Uh, as HUD require, uh, public housing authority will write off uncollectible tenant receivables for the public housing program at each fiscal year end. And the balance for fiscal year 2023 is uh, $46,566.98. Uh, this amount is consisted of the rent and other charges. Uh, tenants uh, for whom we are writing off the debts have either moved out of the program or have deceased. After necessary actions taken, we have decided that this balance is considered uncollectible, and we're seeking your approval to write, uh, you know, uh, for the write-off of this uh, proposed amount. If we, uh, you know, happen to collect this amount in the future, we'll do, you know, we'll, we'll perform, the, uh, you know, accounting procedure to reinstate uh, the debt. Uh, and um, but this process is a required process for writing off the balance at year end. I just want to make sure to clarify that uh, the write-offs can only be for residents who are no longer with the housing authority. So they're, they're folks who have left and are no longer residents with us. Very good, thank you for that. All right, any questions from the board? Looking to my left, nope. Looking to my right, nope. Is there any public comment on this item? Not seeing anyone in the chambers and I'm not seeing anyone online, so let's bring it back for a motion to approve. I'll make a motion to authorize the executive director to approve the, uh, the write-offs for fiscal year 2023. Okay, moved by Lucan, seconded by Canson. All in favor? Aye. Aye. All right. Uh, skipping 13G? I, I, yes. Are we, we are skipping 13G. Okay, and then we are moving to 13H? Yes. Okay. Okay, and this one is a, an exciting project too that we are trying to get done um, in Golden Gate Village. And I'm gonna have Adrian, uh, our Director of um, Redevelopment and Community Revitalization it, to speak a little bit more about this, this project and this funding. So you want Good afternoon, Commissioners. Yes, so we have 650,000, which by your grace, we're gonna have. And we have a matching 650,000 from Representative Huffman's office as well. So a total of 1.3 million. This is going to be used for redoing and upgrading the parking lot lighting at Golden Gate Village. Um, most of the infrastructure in the parking lot areas is no longer viable and needs to be replaced. Uh, it dates back to the original installation where they used underground wiring. And so we're going to be trenching and putting in proper utilities to that end. 
And so the first $650,000 will be utilized for that mostly. Good. Questions from the board? Yes, Commissioner Cancer. Doing the parking lot lighting, are you also going to redo the paving before you do the lighting? We do paving before we do the lighting. Are you going? Do you have plans to? Not beforehand, no, because we're going to have to actually trench the actual parking lot. Yeah. That will come next, correct? The reason I ask because I think these two things kind of go hand in hand, and the and the parking lots have been historically potholes and, 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 and not well taken. Right. So we will, where we trench, we will repair, and then eventually with our rehab that we do for the entire development, we will have all brand new parking lots. So the lighting, will there be lighting changes? So this does this take care of the lighting on the walkways and the parking lot, or just this the This is lot? just for the parking lots for right now. So will the lighting fixtures be changed where they are? It depends if it's viable to do that or not. Right now, we have sodium lighting. We would like to replace it with LED, but it's my understanding that we would have to change the entire fixture in order to do that. So it's gonna come down to a funding issue. If we have enough money to be able to do that, then we will attempt to do that. So in, in those places like say 419 where you have uh, those far back areas, are you thinking of putting up additional lighting for those dark spaces back there? That is not currently what we're going to be doing. We're going to do that in the big rehab that we do. But funding-wise, we just, I very much for doubt existing? we have the money. Yeah, this is for existing that we have. Okay. So we can repair it. No, but it's a good question and a good point because it would be great if we could add lighting to <coughs> the back area. I just don't think funding-wise we have that. Yes, I have a question. Uh, <clears throat> and... I don't know. I, uh, during this uh, parking lot upgrade, will you address any of the issues with the drainage, the drain grails that go across and further water and stuff? For You know, I think uh, those drains need to be clean, and I think uh, it's creating a difficulty for people to clean, to clean them right now. And maybe if they become probably redesign or something done, upgrade and make it easier for those things to be clean. That will be something that my new colleagues sitting behind me, we will be working on. Um, in this particular project, we won't be addressing drainage in, with this money that we have, this funding source. However, I'm actually currently contracting with Rotorooter to clean out one of the main drainage points off Highway 101 which is blocked. It has about 50 feet of blockage, so we will be addressing that. And any other drains that are blocked, we're going to try and clear before we have the major storms that are potentially going to hit us. Yeah. And I, I just want to clarify too, all of the work that we're doing has to go through the historic process. And even even the, the drenching, uh, the, the digging up of the, of the earth will have to go through a process that will be approved by our, um, by our historic consultant, and then any new lit fixtures will also have to be approved and, and gone through a historic process. So at this point, we do, our, our goal is to really get these lights all working that are there, properly working, and get the lights back on. 
so to speak, in some of the areas where they are no longer working because of the, the wiring just failing after so long. Okay. Did, did we, Katie, did you make a motion? No. Nope. All right. Would someone care to make a motion? I'll make the motion to approve the 650000 matching contribution grant uh, for the energy efficiency upgrade project. Aye. Aye. Good. Where are we going next, Kimberly? We're on to 13J. 13 Very good. So we did drop by. Okay. We're on to public time for open expression for things not on. Okay. So what I just want to say is uh, because she's in the uh, Civic Center in the, in the room now and she wasn't in when we said it before, but I think on behalf of all our supervisors, our commissioners, we want to thank Ms. Royce McLemore, and we want to thank Women Helping All People for the great job she's doing in the landscaping. We have said it, but you weren't here when we said it. So what we want to do is say that you, the order that you do it in, as far as she goes through, she cuts the grass, she bags it up, and then she, she comes back later. It's so orderly, it's so wonderful to see that there's no grass left, that there's no garbage down. And we just want to congratulate her on the contract. We want to congratulate her on the job well done and all her staff. And I just think that that was a great decision. And so that's all I want to say. I would also like to piggyback on that too, and thank you, Ms. McLemore. You guys are doing a great job. It's early in the game, but uh, you're doing such a good job that uh, there's an event going on to put on by Performance Stars in the Phoenix to acknowledge some of the community people who are doing great work, and we have the names of the landscape crew on that, and they will be getting their due because they're doing a great job. And I actually want to bet, and I know it's kind of silly, but I bet it's someone that we wouldn't be finding any cigarette butts around. And I wanted <laughs> to bet. So, so it just tells you what they're doing. So uh, I, I appreciate you, Ms. McElmore, because I won that bet easily. I felt kind of guilty. <laughs> well, thank you. That's fine. Okay. I'm... Uh, yes, congratulations. Great job, Royce, and your crews. Beverly, uh, you had an issue about pickleball. Now is the time to raise it if you'd still like to raise your hand, if you're still watching with us. Okay, there she is. Oh, be quiet. Hello, thank you once again for this opportunity to speak before your, this great room of people. Um, my issue isn't just pickleball, excuse me. It's, I would, I would, I'm, I'm really attempting to encourage some transparency and some high regard for the residents of Golden Gate Village. Um, and pickleball is just one of the issues. It goes back to Dan Ackerman taking this facility from the resident council. Um, and so the way the pickleball went down, I understand, I just found out today that the pickleball, Whoever made that deal, um, the resident council wasn't in on it from the beginning, all the process that went on. Um, my concern is that these the people that use it mostly don't live here, and they were given a three-year contract to occupy that space. 
whereas the Golden Gate Village were almost forced to sign a, an agreement for just one year to occupy the office here. And that's kind of sad. It saddens me that that's, that's the consideration that we, the residents here in Golden Gate Village get. So it's not just the pickleball, it's across the board, a, a blatant sense of disregard for us as residents. It's not just pickleball, it's way bigger and deeper than that. President Peters, there are no additional speakers. Oh, I'm sorry, we have one. No, we don't. There are no additional speakers in the queue. Okay, uh, thank you for the comment. Uh, we'll we'll take that into account, and um, of course, Sarah. Yes, um, I do think that maybe um, I know that we have the agreement with uh, Mr. Austin that maybe that we need some more transparency, and it needs to probably be collaborated with the resident council about how that um, goes down. I know that that money that he earns is supposed to go to the resident council. Is what I thought. So. It, if that's still happening, I think the resident council needs to be involved in that. Thank you for that. And let us, uh, we, we, we can't act on this. This is public comment, but we'll certainly uh, look into it uh, and take appropriate action. So, yes, did, did you want to speak, ladies, in public comment? Is public comment now? Uh, it is, it is. So I wanted to speak to an item that was removed from the agenda. I, of course, I don't know why it was removed, but it has to do with the contract um, with the company that does the annual certification of eligibility. And I know uh, Commissioner Kansen has spoken many, many times about the difficulties and confusions and lost paperwork about certification. And I've attended many resident council meetings now, as I know Kimberly has, and we have both heard from people about lost paperwork, it taking a great deal of time to do the certification. As a result, people get eviction notices because their rent hasn't been adjusted to their current situation. So I'm just, I don't know anything about this company. Um, it seems to be at work in many places across the country. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I do know and I know that Kimberly knows that residents have um, many problems with uh, the paperwork and all of the things that go into these certifications. So I certainly hope, number one, that this contract is discussed with the resident council. I think it should be under the existing MOU because it will certainly impact the lives of the residents in terms of with whom they will be dealing to do the certification process. And I hope customer service is at the top of the list here. Um, and as someone said earlier, we're not just talking about dollars and cents, we're talking about people, lives, and the incredible stress that is involved in not knowing whether or not you're gonna remain eligible for your housing. So I really hope that that will be taken seriously. Uh, Chris Brown, Inverness. Um, uh, my question is re regarding the item that was taken off the agenda, so I'm not sure why it was taken off the agenda, but my understanding in reviewing the um, notes from the last meeting was that for this meeting there would be a report on pre-development costs 
what the budget, and from that I was hoping for a budget and um, a timeline. So that's my, that's my comment. And the other comment I wanted to make was, whoever is the person behind the curtain, the wizard, who says so patiently, no people in the queue, I just wanted to thank him. <laughs> All right, agree. Al does a great job. Uh, Anne DeVero Rosenfeld, um, Friends of Golden Gate Village. And the other thing I wanted to ask about the pre-development is how much of it has already been spent? Because I know it's a loan, um, but I know there's a provision also for retroactively um, paying things that have been incurred. So I, I'd like to know, maybe not today, but at some point, you know, what, how much has already been spent? Okay, and then the second thing is I think there was one issue or one part of this discussion about um, the uh, reho or, or, uh, rehousing that I wasn't clear on. And um, so my understanding is after conversion to project-based vouchers under the Section 18 platform, the minimum number of persons per household goes up for everyone living in three or four units. Is that correct? The n minimum number of people required to live in three and four units, um, bedroom apartments at, at, yeah, I know you can't respond now, but that's my question. And also, we did hear that you went to HUD and you talked about changing this, but they told you that you, if, the, if you did change it, these minimum numbers, it would also have to apply to everyone with a Section 8 voucher. So I was confused that that wasn't, con that wasn't included in your in your discussion, but I have that question. Um, and, and again, you know, people, this is such an incredibly important issue because if people think that they're gonna move out and not be able to move back in, um, I mean, just, I remember when, when you issued um, eviction notices around overhousing and what, a fur of, you know, how, how people were just so upset about that, so in order to, to make sure that people aren't upset. I think this, as, I, as you said, I think it needs to be addressed really quickly. Okay, thank you. And I'm back, gonna piggyback off of what she said based on the information that uh, we have received and if there's anything else, we should have had it by now. Um, MHA is supposed to revise the administrative plan, the project-based voucher uh, chapter to be consistent with the ACOP. However, in the uh, under, what's called under-occupied unit uh, for the RAD program, and it says that um, the exact opposite of what has been stated and promised from the housing authority that you, they'll let you come on in, but you will not be able to stay. So this really has to be worked out, all, all jokes aside, because I was just thinking within my neighborhood, almost everybody in my neighborhood, with the exception of one family who has four people in a three bedroom, would be able to return. The rest, they would be considered overhoused. So where are these people supposed to go? When they leave, they ex have the expectation of coming back to where they are living now. So um, something's gonna, you know, 
HUD, Kimberly did go to HUD. They did tell her, what? You can do it if you can do it for the 3,600 other voucher holders. So, you know, maybe the Board of Supervisors could help offset that because she's committed to that we will not get evicted just by being one bedroom over house. So, uh, but you're going to hear this until it is resolved and before our people uh, clear the, think they're going to clear the land. And I hope they've been reminded it's a National Historic District because staff has been told that in two years it's going to be leveled. But you know, I don't believe that. That's, that's a report of the enemy. That's not the, the report I received. Thank you. Thank you. We take your comments very seriously, and we take our responsibility on this board very seriously, too. And with that, we are adjourned. Thank you.